The following, the following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Winter, spring, summer, fall. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's always baseball season and time for talking about your Minnesota Twins. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show, keeping you connected with your team with the latest news, moves, interviews, and more. We have the bases covered. Now, here is your host of the Twins Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, good evening. I am Chris Atterbury, and welcome to another edition of the Twin Hot Stove Show. You would call this uh, a bit of a holiday show. We've got Christmas in the rearview mirror. We are staring straight ahead at 2018. And uh, one of the little lulls, one of the few lulls, really, in the activity that goes on throughout the course of the offseason around Major League Baseball. So we won't focus so much on who's signing where and what the year to come might hold, as we will in spending some quality time here tonight uh, with the uh, friend who was all, and that is the great Rod Carew. A couple of weeks ago, in fact, two weeks ago to the day, Rod Carew in town to add to his trophy case, and that's where we uh, had a chance to get him in studio and sit down, and that is where our conversation with the legendary Rod Carew begins. Rodney, it's always wonderful to have you in studio and here in town, and let's just begin the conversation with your reason for being in the Twin Cities. You're going to I want to make sure I get the name right. You're being honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, at the inaugural Minnesota Sports Award. Uh, your roommate, Tony Oliva, is going to introduce you. Uh, explain a little bit about what this award is uh, and what this event is going to be. You know, every time you get an award, uh, it means something, um, whether it's for on the baseball field or in the community. It means something. It's, it's a treasure, you know, and I, I am so honored that uh, I'm receiving this award. When Dave St. Peter told me about it, I was like, another award? Why do I need them? I keep sending them back to the Twins anyway <laughs> to put them on display. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're around for a long time, uh, you appreciate that people still remember you and remember what you've done and the type of person that you are. So um, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I, I started out my trip uh, to Orlando where I'm happy to say that Jack... I just voted you in, buddy, and uh, welcome to the club because uh, it's one of the greatest fraternities in the world, and I'm looking forward to this summer where we can pay tribute to you. Yeah, you're going to have to babysit Jack at, uh, in Cooperstown, kind of show him the ropes, and you were obviously a, a, a major part of the committee that voted Jack and Alan Trammell in, and I think we're all very, very excited about that. We'll talk more about kind of how that works. Uh, just to wrap up on this Lifetime Achievement Award, though, which lifetime, right? You get two almost now. Yeah. And it's so fun for me to say that because over the last several years, uh, you've been through so much and you've impacted so many people before that, during that. You continue to do so with the Heart of 29 on a daily basis, leaving just deep, deep footprints uh, on this planet. Uh, and it's fun to now be able to sit here with you and talk about awards and baseball and, and Jack as opposed to just how you're doing, what's next, what's what's part of the process. It has to uh, feel great for you as well. I, You know, I do, you know, and um, throughout my whole journey, um, you know, I cried like a baby. I, I wasn't afraid to die, and I really didn't think God was going to take me yet because, you know, I, I they brought me back three times from the golf course, 
I had flatlined, and you know, I kept saying to myself, "He's not ready for me. He's not ready for me. I still have work to do." So, you know, I'm I'm continuing to do the things that I started doing years ago in in trying to help people, and to me, that's that's what's important. And I received the um, Roberta Clemente Award years ago, you know, and all the awards that I have in my house, that's the first one that I show to people because it's for doing something to help other people you know the awards in baseball you play every day and you you get base hits and you do things you know you'll get awards but when they pay tribute to you by giving you something for uh doing for other people that's the biggest award in my house yeah that's uh and to to, to have that name on it as well and, and what roberto meant to to you and a lot of uh, other players into this game um and uh, speaking of which your name now is on an award uh, that was the batting champ, right? The, yeah. The American League batting champ, the Rod Carew Award. How about that? Yeah, and uh, Tony Gwynn, my buddy, you know, from the National League. The only thing that I'm disappointed about is uh, MLB hasn't, we haven't given the first one away. Last year's, we, we haven't given to uh, Altuve in this year. So I don't know when they're going to. I think with Altuve, they're just going to wait and give it to him in bulk. Right, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's just going to get a ton of them all at one time. Uh, and I want to circle back to your thoughts on, on a guy like Jose Altuve, but let's get to to, to Jack Morris and Alan Trammell and the, the modern uh, baseball committee. You're a part of this committee, guys like George Brett, Don Sutton, Dennis Eckersley, uh, a, a part of this committee as well. What is that process like when you sit down with so many of your, your peers uh, and other folks from around the game and you start to – to reevaluate some of the players who slipped through the cracks? Brings back memories, you know, it really does. You know, it brings back memories, uh, especially with Jack and I. You know, I didn't do too well against him. I remember going into to Detroit, and I was 45 for 95, and I needed five hits to get to 100. And I took, I think I took an 0 for 4, you know. <laughs> but he was tough. He was, during that time, he was one of the toughest pitchers that we had to face. He just came at you. He didn't play around like pitchers today that they're nibbling, you know, get two strikes. Next thing you know, it's 3-2, and then the guy fouls seven pitches off, and then there are 40 pitches and by the second inning and stuff like that. Jack just came at you. You know, he's um, he was a bulldog on the mound. I, I think that it's such an exclusive club that those two gentlemen will now be welcome to and that you've certainly been a part of for a long time. And this process is rare for people to enter through this committee in recent years. And yet, do you feel like it's a a well-placed process in that you, as members of the Hall of Fame, there are things that you can know that those of us on the outside with a 30,000-foot view of the game can't can't figure out necessarily yeah. do you do you feel like this is a means by which maybe inducted members have some say in who else should be in the clubhouse and i think that it's uh i hate to say this but it's a better way to be inducted by your own peers you know and um that's all i i, I thought about uh, jack every t- every year that i've been involved in this committee you know, he's the first person that comes to mind, then Jim Cott, and then Tony O. You're one vote short, right, Tony, yeah. last year. That was a tough day. So um, we look forward to to doing this because we were on the field every single day with these guys playing with, with them or playing against them. And um, 
when I look at Tony O and I've, I've seen what he has gone through, you know, he's a guy that should be there also. And hopefully the next time I'm going to make sure that I'm on that committee because <laughs> I'm going to try and get votes for him, you know. How vocal are people on the committee uh, when when you're in that room? I mean, are you sitting there saying, man, Jack was great, and is George Brett sitting there going, I hit 320 off Jack. I mean, uh, how much of it is personal experience and how much of it is, is you guys sitting around and looking at maybe data and comparisons with, with folks already in? No. We, 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 uh, we, because we faced him, mm-hmm. we know what he was like how tough he was on the mound. Uh, the data, yeah, it's there. But when you look at him when he's out there pitching and you're saying to yourself, geez, here it goes another 0 for 1 or 0 for 2. <laughs> uh, you know, those things, it, it brings back a lot of good memories uh, for me because it was always a battle. You know, as many hits as I could get, I got. But when I faced a guy like that, you know, I knew that I was going to scuffle that night. I did look it up, and you were surprised. Your last big league home run was off Jack Morris. Jack, did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to have. We're going to talk about that, Jack. You know what he'd say? That's a gift. Yeah. That was a gift. That's that's what he'd claim, right? But he, I tell you, you know, I'm I'm so happy for him because, and every time I I I see him, you know, or saw him before, I'd say, Jack, this is the year, you know. So. It's a good year for him. Good Christmas present. Yeah, pretty good uh, Christmas gift indeed for Jack Morris. His call to the Hall of Fame and uh, Rod Carew will be there to welcome him with open arms. This is a very special edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Rod Carew, kind enough to join us in studio when he stopped through town a couple of weeks ago. And we've got much, much more with Sir Rodney when we return to the Twins Hot Stove Show in a moment right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to the Twins Hot Stove Show and part two of our conversation with the one and only Rod Carew. Now, one of the great things about this visit with Rod is he looked so healthy. The last couple of years have been dominated with the Heart of 29 campaign. How you doing? How's your rehab? How are you feeling? This time, Rod and I got to sit down, relax, and talk a little bit about actual baseball. I love to ask you about modern hitters because I, just your knowledge of what it takes to be so good at that that skill it's such a unique skill everybody does it a little bit differently but your you know otherworldly abilities with a bat in your hands and you look at a guy like Altuve and he doesn't blow you away when you see him walk off the bus uh, you can't find a teammate that's ever had a bad word to say about the guy he is unilaterally respected around the game which is is hard to do uh, and I think speaks volumes. But what do you think when you watch him purely as a hitter? That's the difference with uh, baseball and basketball and football. Look at the size. You don't have to be a big guy. You don't have to be powerful. Uh, but heart, as long as you have the heart to go out there and play the way he does, you've got to respect him. Every time he comes up, I, I think he's going to do something special. And he usually does, it yeah. seems like, doesn't you know, it? He uses the whole field to hit, line drives, hit, hit some home runs. Uh, you know, he's just ph- phenomenal. In this day and age where it's okay to strike out and no, we're either trying, no. to hit the ball, <laughs> or trying to hit the ball in the air and everyone's yeah. dipping and lifting, uh, are there hitters who you watch who you still say, yes, that's that's a guy who I want to watch every at-bat. I, I love his swing. I love his approach. Uh, or do you just shake your head sometimes when you see guys dropping that back shoulder and, and trying well, to hit the moon shots? 
You know, I I respect guys like El Tuve and Correa and um, uh, the kid that plays center field for him. Because George Springer. Springer, because they're all using the whole field. Uh, there are a couple guys uh, with Boston that I like. Pedroa, uh, the center fielder also, I, I really like. Um, because they're not trying to do too much. They might swing hard, but that's just being aggressive. When I see the back shoulder drop, I'm thinking about the longest walk back <laughs> to the dugout is uh, is from home plate. So I don't know. They, they, they've always said that home run hitters drive uh, Mercedes's and Cadillacs and line drive hitters drives uh, Volkswagen. Well, that's okay, but we're consistent. <laughs> yeah, consistent, right? I, I can still recall a conversation, Harmon Killebrew and Justin Morneau at spring training where Harm was convinced that Morney, if he just pulled everything, would hit about 50 home runs. And he was trying, like the Dickens, to convince Justin, just pull everything, you'll hit 50. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, and he was a dead pull, pull hitter. But um, I think that if he had stayed up the middle, he probably would have hit 50 because <laughs> Justin was the kind of hitter that, from when batting practice starts, that's when his game started. You know, he, he was aggressive. He went in the batter's box to hit, not to play around, not to just, you know, meet the ball. And I thought that if he had stayed in the in the middle of the field, he could have hit more home runs because he would have reacted a lot easier to the pitches inside that he, he could have pulled. Yeah, you, when you'd see him go in those tears, left centers always seemed to be where yeah. it started for him. This young group of twins, uh, I, I know you enjoyed their energy. We, we ran into you in Anaheim last year. We saw you here on a couple of times, uh, of occasions, uh, and, and you spoke about their energy and how they seem to be really together as a unit. Uh, as they grow now, one thing we know is there's no givens. Just because you were it worked one year, one little piece can change, and there's no givens that it works in year two. What, what does this group as a whole need to do to continue progressing together towards the ultimate goal. Do the same thing that they did last year. Enjoy themselves. Have fun. You know, um, help each other out. And I think they're finally understanding what Paul is trying to preach to them about playing the game. And and you saw it last year. You know, they made a heck of a uh, turnaround and, and did a heck of a job. And I expect a lot better from them this year. I think... You know, they might have made some mistakes last year, but I think this year is going to be a big year for for these kids. We see a guy like Byron Buxton and the physical tools and, and the mental the way he goes about his business, the man that he is. Uh, that make you smile a little bit? Oh, yeah, because I, I, you know, I really like him, and I, I see the skills that he has. And um, he can turn a, a ball game around just his legs, you know, and, and his glove. And so when you look at kids like that, and you see how much fun they're having, that's what they're supposed to be doing. You going to teach them how to steal home? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, they they don't allow you to do that anymore. Now, as soon as you get between shortstop and third base, <laughs> they go to the stretch, you know. So um, I don't think pitchers were smart when I when I came up and was doing that. <laughs> We're not going to ask any pitchers to uh, to counter that argument. Uh, December's a special time of year, the holiday season, obviously, and we're, we're speaking in, in the middle of that. For you, uh, maybe even more special because you've got a wedding anniversary 
right smack dab in the middle of the holiday season as well. And you want to talk about all the holidays wrapped into one, uh, what uh, your life has been with, with, with Rhonda the last 16 years. Well, I tell you, this is my anniversary for my heart transplant and, and kidney transplant. And um, we talk about it, and we understood what I went through. She understood what I went through. And from day one, how she was there to to help me and guide me, and, and she's still doing that. She's making sure I drink a lot of water. She's making sure that I walk. Uh, Up and down the mall. <laughs> yes, and I don't sit around and, you know, or lay around. So, no, she's really been good for me. You know, she's she's a good lady. and uh, She almost became a nurse, you know, because she took in everything that the doctors were saying and um, put it in her, in her little book. She wrote everything down. So now I've got to buy her, possibly for Christmas, a nurse's jacket <laughs> a jacket official yeah. official lab coat yeah and you guys have a an addition to the family as well yeah we just had our first granddaughter and a little girl avalon uh call her avi blue and um Rhonda is really excited you know she's like a mom again you know she talks to my daughter every day and plan on Either going over or having my daughter bring her bring the baby over. She spent a couple of nights with us oh, already, boy. and uh, I sleep downstairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, is your, you, how are your diaper changing skills? I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> but I hold her, and you know, and I I talk to her, and I call her little uh, pretty blue eyes, you know, um, and she she looks at me like she wants to say something, but. My voice, I, I think she recognizes my, vo- recognizes my voice because I would say, hi, blue eyes, and she, she starts looking, you know, so. Yeah, maybe the best rehab of all for Rod Carew with his new granddaughter, Blue Eyes. And uh, you can tell, you can tell by the tone in his voice that uh, Rodney, well, he's played a lot of roles in his life. And uh, Grandpa Rod, yeah, I think Grandpa Rod is Hall of Fame caliber as well. The great Rod Carew in studio. We're not done with Rod yet. He'll join us for three cuts later on. First, we'll take a time out. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, and this is your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Rod, we do one other thing on the, on the Hot Stove Show, and we call it three cuts, which is perfect for you because you can get in the box and you know how to take a cut. Uh, and we just ask three questions, you know, okay. quick little ones. It might be kind of a one-offs a little bit. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Don't overthink them, and just your uh, your immediate responses uh, to, to three little questions. And the first one is, Winter Caravan is coming up in about a month. You are a veteran of the Winter Caravan. What is the coldest you have ever been on a Twins Winter Caravan? South Dakota. <laughs> South Dakota, because when you drive to South Dakota, all you see is white. And you got to make sure you don't run off the road because we ran off the road there, and the nearest town was miles away. So we were we were able to get a, a, a drive in from from one of the drivers out there. But South Dakota, oh, you guys went off the road on caravan in the middle of South Dakota. Yep. Who were you with? It was me and um, Don Cassidy, Rich Reese. There's somebody else. I can't remember who the other person was. And you're stuck in a snowbank in the middle of South Dakota. stuck in the snowbank. And you're thinking, what did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's one. Calvin. <laughs> Calvin. Calvin on line one. Yeah. Uh, all right, number two. Number two, 
best player not yet in the Hall of Fame. Eligible, but not yet in the Hall of Fame. We should be in there. Best player. Tony O. Tony O. Yeah. With all the problems that he went through with his legs and still went out there day in, day out, hit line drives and chase the fly balls down. Um, I hope the next go around he gets in. Boy, that'll be a day to celebrate, won't it? And finally, I don't know if you're a, a New Year's resolutions guy. Uh, but New Year is coming here in 2018. Are you somebody who will sit down and, and make resolutions? And if so, uh, are, are there some that you remember? Or is that something the, that you never kind of got into? Well, the the only thing that I sit down and think about is um, good health, that everyone receives good health. You know, because without that, what do you have? You can wish for yeah. thousands or millions of dollars, <laughs> but you know, if you don't have good health, you can't. There's nothing you can do. You can't work. You can't get around. So I always wish for people to have good health. And I will say that you are in good health, and that is a wish come true for, I think, all of us who know you and everybody you've touched across Twins territory. Looking forward to more Rod Carew in 2018. Well, I'll be here. I'll be around. And, you know, this is home to me, too. You know, coming back every time I come back, it's like coming home. And the door will always be open and the porch light on for Rod Carew here at home in Twins Territory. Just an honor and a privilege to have the legendary Rod Carew in studio with us two weeks ago today and uh, a very special Rod Carew-themed edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Also, the final Hot Stove Show of 2017 as we leave 2017 behind us and are staring squarely through the windshield at 2018, and it's coming on fast. We will kick off the new year here on the Twins Hot Stove Show with the new pitching coach for the Minnesota Twins, Garvin Alston. He is an upbeat guy. Fun to talk to that conversation next Wednesday on all these fine affiliates and the Twins Hot Stove Show right here. The Treasure Island Baseball Network.